Welcome to Clueless Content, the show that attempts to have meaningful conversations about things we know nothing about. I'm one of your hosts, Noah. And I'm Beck Joy, your other host. I'm going to start today off with a little bit of a story, and then I'll tell you what the topic is. <laughs> um, so there's this dude who, he majored in, no. Okay, I think he got his <laughs> PhD. Did I mentioned we don't know <laughs> I think he got his PhD in math. And then he got, like, but he got a major in music or something like that. So he, like, double majored and then got his PhD in math. And so this dude was, like, super interested in music, just loves music, but he also loves history. And so one time he went to this cave, I think it was in France, and just being the musical dude that he was, he started to hum just in the cave. So he was walking around this cave and he was humming. And he noticed that in different parts of the cave, it sounded different. And he was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Um, And so he thought people must have known when they're in the cave, that it sounded different. And so, thus was born our topic, which is archaeoacoustics. 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 Yep, so archaeology. How do you spell that? A-R-C-H-A-E-O-A-C-U-S-T-I-C-S. I did not I had to write it down. Um... And so archaeoacoustics is archaeology and acoustics and digital modeling and um, like the study of acoustics all mixed together into one thing. So from archaeoacoustics.org, it says, we add archaeology to help us look deep into the past and stay anchored. We look at things like material selection and architectural features that imply intentionality. We try to make use of the latest groundbreaking blah blah mechanisms blah. Uh, we explore new or we explore known indigenous traditions and practices, um, and so they basically try to pick up clues on what people were listening to and the sounds they may have heard or have been making Whoa. in this thing, which is just crazy because we have art and like we have hand drawn art, like painted art. But you might wonder, like, what's the, where's the music? You know, how do we know? Um, so there's three big different um, findings or, like, that big study sections, I guess. So the first one's at Stonehenge in 1999. And as far as I know, you know, the 10 minutes that I looked into this, they didn't really find anything there. And then there was some French place, Chavin de Huantar. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really find anything there either. Um, and then there's a place what called... What are they looking for? I think they're just looking for noises and, like, interesting noises. But, so, okay. I feel like this one, next one kind of explains maybe what they're looking for. So we know there's this thing called the Ketetzel bird. More French? I don't know. Sure, <laughs> we'll just go with that. Um, and so, apparently, 
because they found these noises in this place called Kukulkin. It's a temple, I believe, or like a temple structure. They basically found somehow, I'm guessing through the digital modeling, that like the people used to grab this bird, like clap this bird like that. And so it's like when we grab our bunnies and we just like clap our hands onto them to hold them. So it's kind of the same idea. So basically they're just looking for noises and um, that's basically the extent of my knowledge about it. But I just thought it was really neat because we both love music and now maybe there's a way. And this is only like, this is like this. So the dude in the cave, he kind of coined it archaeoacoustics. So that was only in 2003. So this is like new things that we're discovering here in the or new in the world of archaeology. Um, Do you remember but a year? The year like that this started. Yeah, like when did the good old Wikipedia page didn't say? No, okay. Stonehenge was nineteen ninety nine. I know that, so it probably was oh, so nineteen ninety ish. Um, so this is only around for like thirty years now, maybe rough estimate. Thirty. Nineteen ninety. I think it's in 1999. No. <laughs> so, well, Stonehenge was 1999, but they have to develop, like, how right. to do it all. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're 30 years old. <laughs> um, but I just thought it was neat because now, because, like, we have sense, you know, we have records. We have, um, oh, my gosh, what are they called? The tapes. <laughs> <laughs> we have CDs, and now we have phones, and so... There's, it's kind of interesting because there's going to have to be this new surge of archaeoacoustics or else these people, you know, in thousands and thousands and thousands of years, maybe like a million years, like they're not going to know what we're going to listen to unless we keep this branch of archaeology alive, which is pretty neat. Whoa. I think that I still don't really know what they're looking for. I, It strikes me that they're trying to answer the question what did music sound like to our ancestors What's the when answer? when humans were still all in africa before pangea split apart what did music sound like yeah which is just wild because that's so like, like we barely have any art from there like how mm-hmm. and one disclaimer that they did make is like of course um like earthquakes happen or just mm-hmm. rocks, you know, randomly yeah. fall off. And so that can always change it. So maybe this is a meaningless task that they're trying to do. But I mean, if they found like this Kate Salbert or whatever, if they know that we have that or that we had that um, and now they have this sound is just incredibly amazing. I think that I've, I have this vague memory of, learning something or reading something about uh, scientists trying to replicate the sounds that dinosaurs might have made by looking at their anatomy and trying to reconstruct what their vocal cords would look like. Um, But I think you ended your uh, intro to archaeoacoustics Mm -hmm. by asking the question of what will music sound like and how will people know what music sounded like and I feel like 
that's a really interesting question. Even if you go back to fam- like famous pieces that we perform all the time today, Beethoven, Bach, like all of those famous composers, what did music sound like to them and did it sound different? Yeah, which is just so fascinating. And like, I feel like because at our high school, you know, we had such a wonderful musical ed- music education with the different CDs we had to listen to with all the different composers but and I know vibration can't change but there must have been something different in the I don't know I just think it's nowadays music is composed more digitally yeah and yeah I think that there's something yeah that's an interesting question Okay, so going back to the question of how do they look for it, so I'm reading from arstechnica.com because, you know, don't really know a lot about this. So it looks like they look for, they test some vibrations, I guess. Um, they measure impulses. This was at Stonehenge, like this particular how they did this. So they measured impulse responses. Measured impulse responses contain all the acoustic information from a system compromised of the enclosure. The position of the source and the position of the microphone. So they must have like moved it around in different areas. And then they try to determine the decay rate of energy. What? and plot energy time curves at the measured positions. These acoustic descriptions of the space are used as an attempt to describe the acoustical behavior of the space in objective and comparable terms. That didn't really help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots um, of big words I did not understand. Yeah, I think they just, they like, use they, like, send some frequencies out there into this little Stonehenge, Stonehenge lounge, land and then see how they bounce off the materials. And then it has something to do with the sound wave and how the frequencies come back into the microphone, maybe. So can somebody recreate my voice in the future? Because that's creepy. Like, if this podcast was saved for (laughs) for a million years, then if they used this iPhone SE we have right here, or a different iPhone or a different phone, to, like, if they had this technology, then maybe they could recreate? I don't know. That's crazy. No, they could stand in this room that we're in, maybe. And then it could be like, we want to pin say they know a woman lived here or man (laughs) i don't know and then how does these frequencies vibrate off this wall can they recreate this room from this recording using the ah that's so creepy using the vibrations if they saved only if this recording was able to be saved if this recording was saved and tomorrow our house totally burnt completely to the ground. Watch it happen. <laughs> <laughs> then, say we didn't know the dimensions of this room or anything, and we had this recording, I feel like they might be able to. Because oh they know, they probably know what 
whatever this wall is made of. I don't know what it's made of. Plaster? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but like, whatever, because it bounces off. Yeah. But then it's also how good is the phone quality? Yeah. I think you'd need a pretty good microphone to recreate. Yeah. Wow. That's Food for thought. Crazy. Going back to the other question, though, that is this even a worthwhile study? I feel like it's not. I feel like it isn't either, which kind of hurts because, like, it's so, music it's such a cool is music. Idea. Music is so important, and I think our generation, especially, we value music, good or bad, and. But I really don't know if this is worthwhile because what are you what are you trying to accomplish? I feel like there's not a and granted only to ten minutes of research, but the, I feel like there's not a good and these structures change so much, even Stonehenge, yeah, that like has it's changed. Top- it's still yeah, it's some of it's still standing, but yeah, you would need something that's incredibly way, it's intact. been weathered away, the rocks, yeah, my a my diamond cave, yeah, like. <laughs> Seriously. My question is, um, I think it's Saint Bernadette. She's an incorruptible. And so can they is there the science and would it be part of this of archaeoacoustics to recreate her voice? Is that possible? Somehow. Which I feel like it hmm, I don't know. I don't I know enough about the vocal cords. There's definitely been technology of Yes, okay, there's definitely, I've definitely heard of technology where people who have passed away, they recreated their voice. That's just creepy. And you can have them say whatever you need to hear from them. Please, please don't do that to me. I don't want that done. That's like, I don't, I just, it kind of reminds me of um, the, was it, oh shoot, um, what do we do at the end of senior year, senior dinner, senior dinner. Where they honor all the seniors, and they say, "Please don't record this. We want it to be an, like a memory, not a recording that you can listen to over again." And I feel like that now. I treasure that. I treasure the memory I have mm-hmm. of that. So I feel like if we recorded one of our friends' voices, or if they passed away, and then we had this technology to recreate their voice, it wouldn't be the same. I think. Someone would be hyping it up, but then you experience it, and it's like, well, it's still, there's no, like, it's like, um, back to Harry Potter, um, what is it? It's one of the Deathly Hollows, and it brings back a person, do you remember that? And then they yeah. were like, well, this ghost, it's it doesn't actually, yeah, the stone, so the stone brought back someone, and they're like, well, her ghost doesn't do it for me. Like, they needed the actual living person there. I feel like it would be like that. The ghost of their voice is not sufficient to the human behind the voice. Yeah, because there's no personality. There's no soul. It's just their voice. Kind of eerie. Yeah. The whole idea is kind of eerie. Recreating the sounds of the past and... What could you hear? I just, uh, yeah. Imagine being able to hear the streets of Rome in ancient Rome. Yeah. What did that sound like? The hustle and bustle of city life and 
And I think, I feel like one thing that would be incredibly difficult with this field is, of course, like, you want to hear, you want to hear the sounds of Rome, but modern day civilization has built so much. And we, I mean, we try to keep things, but everything is important. Everything has a part of history and we just keep rebuilding, which isn't, I don't know, maybe that's part of a not good thing of modern society. Wow. Thanks for introducing me to that. Well, we're going to end it here. We'll leave you with the question of what would (laughs) the streets of Rome sound like back in 400 AD? Before Christ. I don't know if that's still a thing. Isn't it before Christ? No, it's AD because the Roman soldiers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The Council of Nicaea was like 300 AD, I think. So. What would the streets of Rome sound like in 300 AD? It's the question of the week.